And welcome into a new episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Thanks for joining us today. Well, USDA has released the June milk production report, showing milk production up 0.2% for the month. Milk production in the 24 major states during June totaled 18.1 billion pounds, up 0.2% from June of last year. May revised production at 19 billion pounds was up 0.9% from May of 2022. The May revision represented an increase of 16 million pounds or less than 0.1% from last month's preliminary production estimate. Production per cow in the 24 major states averaged 2,028 pounds for June, one pound above June of last year, and the number of milk cows on farms in the 24 major states was 8.93 million head, 14,000 head more than June of 2022, but 20,000 head less than last month. Robin Schmall, branch manager of Ag Dairy, a division of John Stewart and Associates in association with agmarket.net, pointed to the cow numbers being something that traders were watching heading into the report. Schmall provides analysis of the report. Primarily, the focus was going to be on cow numbers, and uh, we saw cow numbers declining 20,000 head in the top 24 states from the month of May, and we saw U.S. cow numbers down 16,000 head. Now, that mirrors what took place in August of 2021 when there were 20,000 less cows, and that's what started, uh, in, in essence, part of what started the uh, eventually moving to record high milk prices in 2022. Now, some of the fundamentals are a little bit different, but yet that's what triggered or was part that triggered some of that real strong movement. Now, traders have a tendency to look over their shoulders and they'll look back at that and we could see some pretty strong prices, at least in the futures taking place here. It might have cheese buyers get a little more aggressive. Now, production per cow was only up one pound from a year before. So that's contracted quite substantially and in the top 24 states, we were up 0.2% in milk production. The actual milk production in the top, in the 50 states was slightly lower, so it really wasn't a, a percentage calculation there. So we are starting to see some real contraction taking place in the dairy industry, which was anticipated with low milk prices. Now, that was for June. Now, July, we probably saw significantly much more contraction as well, which we will see later on, but that's probably what's going to be fueling cheese prices, uh, underlying cash prices in butter, and also the futures prices as we move forward. So we might be seeing some pretty aggressive um, buying. We might be seeing some real volatility as we move through the rest of this summer. And he also shares the biggest takeaway he has from the June production report. The biggest takeaway would be the decline in cow numbers, uh, low milk prices, high beef prices. Uh, farmers were looking for ways to generate some income. That's probably the biggest factor that's going to influence uh, milk prices as we move forward from here. And once again, that is Robin Schmall from Ag Dairy, a division of John Stewart and Associates in association with agmarket.net, recapping the June milk production report. Well, the United Soybean Board and the Soy Transportation Coalition recently celebrated the success of the Chekhov's infrastructure investment in research, planning, analysis, and design to help dredge the lower Mississippi River. Farmer leaders presented Louisiana Governor John Bell Edwards a $2 million ceremonial check. This investment will allow ships to carry more soybeans to export markets out of the United States. Philip Good, USB treasurer and soybean farmer from Mississippi, helped present the check. 
I was very excited to have the opportunity to attend the ceremony, which was hosted by Governor Edwards of Louisiana. And he hosted farmers, United Soybean Officers, Soybean Transportation Coalition, the Army Corps of Engineers were all present for the opportunity for us to present a check to them. So that was a very exciting moment. Good says the Mississippi River is an important mechanism for soybean shipments for farmers from Minnesota to Louisiana. All of us soybean farmers know how important infrastructure is, whether it's the road. We've seen what fuel costs can do to transportation. We've seen even the rumors of strikes due to cost of transportation with railroads. We know what the depth of the Mississippi River has to do for the basis, the price that we receive as farmers. But it's also important for the world and for the exports because we need to provide reliability when it comes to delivery and price for our exports. And Good says the investment by the United Soybean Board will reduce shipping costs of soybeans. So the $2 million investment that we at the USB were able to provide for research is able to turn from $2 million into a $461 million return, which just blows my mind. And what that's able to do is provide ocean vessels the opportunity to load 500,000 more bushels per vessel. And that's lowering the cost on that freight about 13 cents a bushel, which is just fantastic. Keep up with the latest news from the United Soybean Board online at unitedsoybean.org and Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on RFD TV. While also looking north of the American border, a smaller Canadian Durham wheat crop is expected at harvest this year in the face of continued dry weather. Now, the primary Durham growing areas of southern Alberta and southwestern Saskatchewan are experiencing their third consecutive dry year with subsoil moisture low or depleted. The most eastern prairie province of Manitoba is generally in better shape, but that region is known more for Canadian hard red wheat acreage than it is for Durham wheat. Bruce Burnett, chief market and weather analyst for Markets Farm, says the overall growing season in the more westerly prairie region has been dry. While Saskatchewan and Alberta did receive some rain recently, those events were too little, too late to have any real impact on overall Durham yield volumes come harvest time. The driest area of the prairies from the get-go of this growing season has been parts of southern Alberta and southwestern Saskatchewan. Those areas coincide with the key Durham growing areas that really haven't received a lot of rains. Last week was the first time they actually picked up some decent precipitation, probably a little bit too late to help the crops out significantly. The current estimate of Durham production is down significantly. Durham wheat is used mostly for semolina pastas, also a primary ingredient for flatbread. But semolina pasta is the big market for Durham. Now to the immediate south of the Canadian prairies, Burnett says the U.S. Great Plains states are largely a mere image of what's happening north of the border. Of the northern plains that are very close to the Canadian border are indicating that crop conditions are not nearly as good as they were last year at this time. The forecasts right now are not favorable for picking up a lot of moisture in the coming weeks, and that is not good news for the Canadian or U.S. spray wheat and durum crops. While Ontario and Quebec and central Canada are currently in or quickly approaching wheat harvest, but those regions almost exclusively grow winter wheat varieties, mostly soft red and some soft white. Early yields are good to excellent, although some kernel sprouting is being found due to late wet weather events. Meanwhile, the most easterly Canadian prairie region does grow some Durham, but Manitoba's acreage is dominated by Canadian hard red spring wheat. Burnett is based in Winnipeg, Manitoba, and he says that his home province has consistently seen better growing conditions than prairie regions to the west. And again, that is Bruce Burnett of Markets Farm. 
That's going to do it for American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm your host, Jesse Allen, wishing you and yours a fantastic rest of your day.